Roses are red. Bacon is red. Poems are hard. Bacon. Bacon is red. Bacon is rough. One strip of bacon is never enough. Crispy, crunchy, sizzly treat. That's the bacon I like to eat. Covered in eggs, smothered in jam. It's not like we're talking about eating ham. Oh, bacon, you salty masterpiece of pork. Pass on the spoon, give me a fork. Or perhaps none at all. I'll just use my hands. Bacon, dear bacon, you're the best in the land. Welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast for the worried mind. We give you a new, uncomfortable topic each week so that you are never without a reason to panic. Today on the show, we are talking about one of the most delicious, scrumptious food items that has ever existed in the history of all the things to ever be. And I, I, I couldn't be happier with the two people that I'm going to be sharing this conversation with. You know them by now. We have Tyler Mason and Randall Floyd. Gentlemen, how are you this morning? Once again, I'm hungry. We need a spinoff show. Reason to <laughs> salivate. More food topics. <laughs> I, I think our listeners like food, but I don't. I think we like food topics more than our listeners do. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. What, what, I know that we love food, all three of us, and we're just going to keep talking about food pretty consistently. Sounds like a good idea. And honestly, this is this is one of the first times I've ever thought about this. But I'm actually grateful I'm not Muslim or Jewish. This this episode. Yeah, yeah. There there will be other ep episodes where you do have a, a you know a, a wish that you could be a little bit a little bit of either of those things so mm -hmm. um, I totally understand I, I'm a quarter Jewish myself I feel like it counts um so you know I'm often uh, I'm often torn when I'm eating bacon I feel like there's a quarter of me that's kind of uh, upset with myself but uh, you know you know when you when you indulge in something like bacon there's always going to be a little bit of um, of guilt involved if you uh, overeat. Um, so that part really makes it, uh, you know, my quarter Jew in me, that, that part sticks out when I eat bacon, but it's worth it. I don't think I'm Jewish at all, but if, if I, if I am anywhere in my ancestry, they've like cut that branch of the tree off at this point. Like there, I've nope, seen you eat, I've seen you eat bacon, Tyler. You, there's no Jew in you at all. Yeah. All right. You're, you're like the, the wall on uh, the Harry Potter in the house of black where they like burn off the <laughs> <laughs> serious black <laughs> disowned <laughs> oh man that's just when they say shalom to you one final time <laughs> they wish you well uh there's an interesting article on TechCrunch um about lab grown pork belly and bacon strips guys have you had a chance to like peruse this at all uh i've more than perused it so yeah i'm, mm -hmm. I'm ready for uh the, the onslaught of this conversation. I was actually disappointed when I read this. 
Yeah, it's it's a little bit gut wrenching. It's it, it starts like this, and what could be a starting gun for the commercialization of the cell based meat business, upstart cultivated meat company Higher Stakes said it has managed to produce samples of its first products, bacon strips and pork belly made in a lab from cellular material. So right off the bat, it's enough to make me far less hungry just off the first paragraph. I don't have any interest in eating cellular material, bacon that's made from cellular material. I've never had it, so I really can't definitively say that I hate it, but I hate it. <laughs> you, I, I'm, I'm going to here in case you didn't see this one, I'm going to send you a, a link for a, an article here. Look at this, look at this image and see if this further turns off your appetite for what it looks like for them to make this stuff. It's coming in through messenger right now. Give me just, uh, you're sending a picture of the meat grinder. No, it's not the meat grinder. It is. The, <laughs> no, it's it's the figurative meat grinder, Tyler. No, yes. if, if in this case, Randall, in order to you need a you need a hadron collider uh, if you're <laughs> going to grind this bacon. I mean, it, it's cellular. Oh my gosh! Here's a tear. I, so I found this article. I'm going to reference it um, since we're talking about it. This one is from FoodNavigator.com. This was an article published 19 June of 2019. Uh, higher stakes mm. cultured meat startup eyes sausage and bacon market and and uh maybe randall can put this image in the show notes but what it shows is uh some latex gloved hands a petri dish and some instruments used for basically creating this artificial well you can't call it artificial right but this this non how would we quantify this gentlemen synthetic synthetic we'll go with synthetic based bacon and it just can we call Whoa. it a bacon product instead of just bacon, please? Yes, I I second that notion. Hmm. Okay, for for the listeners, uh, what Tyler described is right. It, it's it's a lab environment with uh, someone wearing you know protective uh, protective gloves, and they're working in a petri dish with what looks to be some spawn of Satan that is supposed <laughs> to resemble bacon. Um, and it's really disturbing. There's a stack of other Petri dishes with similar spawns of Satan. And it's, I think I'm going to make this the image for our, um, our sound wave video for our Facebook page. So, Oh, there you go. So that there will you be, go. you'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. It'll be the background image. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, um, and listen to our, to our episode through there, you'll, you'll see what, you'll see what this is. And it is, it is highly disturbing. In fact, I would almost call it not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the NSFW tag on this for sure. Um, I Listen, this is gross. So I found out, I, I wanted to ask you what it meant by uh, cellular material. And it, it says it in the article Tyler said. They, they, they either use a blood sample or a small skin patch. And then what, what they do is... Um, they harvest the cells, bring them back to an embryonic stage, feed them with protein, vitamins, and sugars, and grow them into different types of tissues such as muscle or fat. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're playing God with this these bacon's lives. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's unconscionable. Well, I, I, I don't find it. A, maybe it's unconscionable, but I'm comparing this to God syndrome that actual doctors have. And I, I, I don't mind bacon gods, you know, at least, you know, we can say bacon gods exist now. Yeah. So what do you do for work? Oh, I'm, I'm a bacon god. What do you do? Yeah. 
Bacon is already perfect. <laughs> I mean, I have thanked the bacon gods before. I just didn't know they were real. Oh, man. So for, have you guys been to higherstakes.com to their official website? No, yeah. I avoided it. I've been, so, I understand why, but yeah. it's worth going. It's worth going, Tyler. So you, you go and you read on their About Us page, and, and this is what they have. This is their snippet before it goes into their, their more detailed thing. Imagine a world where our meat doesn't contain antibiotics, right? I can get behind that. Then they sure, lose me. Sounds nice. Sounds nice. Imagine a world where our meat is sustainable. Oh, okay. Right. You know, let's, let's not overindulge. So like more bacon. Yeah. Uh, then they lose me here. Imagine a world where our meat doesn't require slaughter. And that's exactly what they're talking about is what, what we have here in foodnavigator.com is we're just going to take just a sample from the pig and then we're going to grow your pork loin and we will grow your bacon and we'll grow your pork gels. I was talking about pork gels before the beginning of the show. To our listeners, if you have not tried pork gels, and I'm talking real pork gels, not this synthetic chemistry lab crap, the real stuff, God, bacon's amazing. Pork gels are like next level. I'm just saying, I'm just going to throw that out there because I'm hungry as it is anyway. Um, but but yeah, it's like it, they, they just advertise very blatantly. Mm-hmm. We are not, you know, we're not making real stuff. We're synthesizing it. <laughs> The way that they describe it, uh, Randall, sorry, uh, the way that they describe it is is as scaffolding. And here's here's from the TechCrunch article. They say this. The, the company says there's still a lot of work until it's commercial, said Higher Stakes Chief Executive Benjamin Bolag. But uh, then he goes on to say, but the, revela- but the revelation of a pork belly product that's made from 50% cultivated cells and a bacon product which contains 70% meat grown from a cell material in a lab – is something of a milestone for the industry. So I guess this lab bacon isn't 100% fake. It's only half or 30% fake. <laughs> I, I want to issue one minor correction here. Just, just it's Benjamina. It is a, it is a lady. Th- oh, excuse me. Thank you. Benjamina. Higher stakes chief executive, Benjamina Bolag. Wow. Yeah. So 50 or 70% fake is still too fake for this guy. Well, and, and you think about, you know, what is it that they're trying to appeal to here, right? They're, they're not trying to appeal to the vegetarians or the vegans because they don't eat meat. Then they've got the other side that we, we like our meat and we're okay with our meat the way that it is. I don't even know who it is they're really trying to appeal to here. If they're trying to appeal to like PETA, which we've talked about before with our monkey episode, if you haven't listened to that one, go back. Um, Randall's got a phenomenal soundbite in there. Of monkey versus the uh, the forklift, which is it's worth listening to just <laughs> for that. Face palm um, emoji right here. <laughs> but um, well, I just want people to appreciate the amount of work that goes into the sound True. engineering for these episodes. Like it's a it's a big deal. Um, but anyway, so you know, I- imagine it's not like they're just going to go and get a pig and be like, okay, we just need to get this little bit from this pig, and then we're going to put it back. Like they're still going to end up with pigs in cages and laboratories so that they can harvest what they need to mass produce and, and cows and chickens and whatever else it is they decide to synthesize here in, uh, uh, you know, this purgatory. But I think, <laughs> can we call it hell? Can we just call it what it is? Um, the, I, I think to answer your question, Tyler, I think that they are in trying to engage with, with the people who um, have a moral issue with traditional meat slaughter 
um, and and therefore have stopped eating meat because of that aspect of it. So um, also they're appealing to those who are of who are who are sustainability zealots who who basically will only engage in anything if it is you know completely or or nearly completely sustainable. Now, both of these sort of ideologies kind of like I can understand them, like they make sense to me, I get it. And I think that's what they're appealing to. So I think they're talking about how it's a milestone, you know, having products that are half or 70% cell material. So I think the goal is 100% cell material. I think that's the end goal. That That's the finish line is, you know, being able to uh, sustainably and mass produce meat products that are 100% synthetic. I think that's that's the finish line for these folks. And they, they've got to take steps to get there. And it makes sense that they would serve bacon that's half synthetic, half real, because uh, you can't just baptize the world by fire when it comes to fake meat. You got to kind of, um, you'll lead them to water. You'll maybe drop drop breadcrumbs along the way so that they feel more comfortable. Maybe, I mean, yeah, boil the frog. Has, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Boil the frog in, you know, instead of dropping it in, in hot water. The... Uh, what is Burger King? Burger King has like the the Incrediburger, or or I don't think that's what it's called, but it's called like the the Wow Burger or something like that. Right, they're they're near meat. Yes. So this is an example, and that's 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 mass marketed right now. All 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 three of us could go to a Burger King and and get this this you know sort of non meat or pseudo meat burger if we wanted to try it. In fact, I'm kind of motivated to go and try it just to see what it's like. I've never had one, um, and maybe I can report back, but. Um, I think that's that's the answer to that. I think that they are inching forward on this. And again, from an ideological perspective, I get what they're trying to accomplish. And I got to respect their hustle. I mean, they're working on it. Man, it's bacon, man. Like, it's perfect. It's just perfect the way it is. The thing that blew me away from TechCrunch is it's a $1.4 trillion, that's with a T, trillion dollar meat market like they're just the, there's a massive market for people that like their meat and so it'll be interesting to see what percentage of them are willing to navigate away from the traditional meat that you know is made in the traditional sense to uh this untraditional or non-conventional approach well if you've never seen how they kill the animals like i don't see why this would be a big issue because I mean, they have conveyor belts and they shoot animals in the head with staples to knock them out and kill them, and then they harvest the meat. Like, it's it's just another a thing that people just don't want to look at when it comes to their meat. I think. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like my olfactory glands would appreciate bacon made this way. Have you ever walked next to a pig farm? Oh yeah, I my not only have I walked past it, my or my olfactory senses have had have had their own experiences with it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you could be 20 miles from a pig farm and know it's 20 miles away. Like it's, it's, it's so strong. So if you can eliminate the smell of a single pig farm and just have one pig that you just, you know, every once in a while you scrape his hindquarters or whatever to get skin. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, Frankie, here's, here's my bacon for, you know, for the next year and a half. Turn around, around. Frankie. <laughs> Assume the so, position. So, I mean, if, if their goal is also to to eliminate pig farts and cow farts, like I'm, I'm all for it. Our carbon emissions would go through the floor. Like it would just decrease it so much. It would. And, you know, so in my family, we try to be about 80% plant-based, right? And that, that ebbs and flows a little bit, but that's kind of like our median is we try for about 80% plant-based. And 
we found that that works really well for us. I feel better when I eat that way. Like I can't go completely off the meat because my taste buds like it. But also, I mean, there's there's aspects of the meat you, you your body just metabolizes better through a meat protein than through a plant protein. I know that you'll have people that will argue with me on that um, all day long, and that's that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. Uh, that's where it is we've decided to be. And so as we live out in the country now, right? We've got local slaughterhouses and things where majority of their business is not mass market production for the globalized economy. A lot of it is consumed right here. And so I think, in my opinion, rather than going to this extent where it's like, well, we're going to synthesize everything, is just take a step back and recognize, okay, if if I had to hunt, kill, uh, butcher, and prepare my own meat, how often would I eat it versus go out into the garden and and pick veggies or, or pick fruits, right? And just kind of use that as, as your guide a little bit. I, I think that we could have almost an equally uh, valuable impact on the sustainability and, and all of these things by just scaling back. But when you get people that, and, and I apologize, I don't mean to offend here, Eli, um, but you know you're willing to go breakfast, lunch, and, and and dinner where it's like sausage patty in the morning, hamburger at lunch, and then a steak at dinner. Um, I don't know why I picked on you for that one, Eli. That was unfair. I apologize. I'm not, I'm not that much of a carnivore. <laughs> I mean, but I appreciate I, that you'd sing that. I might. Out. I might try. <laughs> it, but uh, but you, you get my point. That you know that's where it is that that this starts to get excessive. Where you have to have you know so many heads of cattle for every person on the planet because. We have to have our beef, you know, of the 21 meals, 16 of them are some sort of a beef product. And then the, uh, the rest of them are, some, are chicken or, or pork or fish, right? So I don't know. That's kind of my rant. I'll get off my soapbox now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to put that away. Well, that's fine. People are so far removed from the processing of their food uh, more than ever before. I mean, people don't know what happens in a slaughterhouse. They don't know what even, they don't know what happens in a farm. They just know that they go to the store, they buy their eggs, they buy their milk, they buy their bacon, they buy their hamburgers and their chicken. That's the extent. I mean, most millennials and all of us are millennials, even though <clears throat> I'm on the older end of that. <clears throat> then, you know, most millennials, that's their experience with their food. They just go to the supermarket. They don't, they don't quite know the story behind it. And, and I think, you know, it's possible. I think it's possible that if, if you were to educate in mass, the people about how their food is made and processed and created and packaged to put in the store, I do wonder what effect that might have on the sales of those items moving forward. You should uh, you should read the book, The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan. It'll, that, that, that'll, uh, that'll enlighten you, <laughs> you being the audience. He's a good writer. Well, well, I, I feel, I feel like I'm informed, uh, at least but not pretty well, but I, I've never lived on a farm, so I'm sure that I do have more to learn. Um, but I love his other stuff. So I should, I should look into that. Well, I'm, you was just a general term. It was for everybody. <laughs> the universal well, i felt YouTube. very singled out you know tyler singled me out previously so you know i, I didn't like, call you on by name though so i'm just the punching bag today <laughs> hey, it, was, hey, it was me you're last the week. one that picked the meat-based topic <laughs> that's so. true i had it coming you're right no you're right um let's go ahead let's go ahead and rank this guys um unless you have any parting thoughts before we hit the scale <laughs> 
No. Uh, you see what I did there, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 go ahead and rate this on the panic scale. You guys know the rules. Uh, zero to ten. Zero being no panic at all. Ten being I'm about to die. Type, you know, type of panic. Uh, Randall, we're going to come to you first. We're going to talk. You know, basically, I want you to rate rate this as, um, you know. How panicked are you about? And here's how. Here's how I'm going to kind of frame this. The context of this: assuming all bacon went synthetic, that's your question on how you have to rate this on the panic scale. What? How scary is it? it the idea of all bacon becoming synthetic. Well, I guess it starts with a question that I don't have answered, and I don't know if we can. Is is when when we say synthetic, how much of that is actually like petroleum or some other? some some other additive that's not part of the animal because if if that's the case and then we're putting in more foreign objects that aren't meant to be ingested then my panic goes up a little bit because i don't want to eat that because it's gross i mean i went down to arizona and i had what's called a sonoran hot dog which is basically a hot dog and nobody knows what's in a hot dog but they know that if it's cooked correctly it tastes amazing and the hot dog was wrapped in three pieces of bacon and it had salsa and all this other, it was, it was amazing. And if, uh, you know, part of the joy in my eating that is that I know, and this is sad, maybe to somebody out there, not, not to me, but I, I, I was happy that I knew that came from, I like eating animal meat. Like I like going hunting. I like eating deer. I like eating elk. I like eating fish and you know, there's, I get some satisfaction. And so it, I, I, I just wouldn't be as satisfied. So on the panic scale, I would, I would give this depending on the, the content. I mean, I don't care too much about the current meat process the way it is. So it, it sounds like it would be a little bit more humane. Um, and I, I, I probably give this a lower ranking, maybe, maybe a two or a three, but no, not higher than a three because it, I don't, it, I don't see it as, I think that the, the ad, the benefit of the end is a plus for everybody. Sure. Sure. And when, you know, when I say synthetic, I mean, biologically available material. And I don't, I don't mean uh, plastic bacon. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I should have, uh, should have clarified and said cellular based <laughs> synthetic bacon. Uh, okay, that, that's fair, Randall. I like that analysis. Tyler, what do you think? Well, first I'll say this. We, we always scale these in a vacuum, right? So a, a scale on one episode doesn't mean that it's above or below another episode. It's always in a vacuum, right? So um, with that being said, for this one, I'm actually going to scale it on the other end of the spectrum. And here's why. So I was looking into the uh the three um the, the three c level uh members of higher stakes in particular and then their advisory board um and so aside from the fact that you know they're synthesizing meat which i really just like it the way that god created it i, I don't need anybody to mess with it that that's bothersome but as i looked the head of r d has a background in stem cells and epigenetics. The chief scientific officer has worked uh, in an FDA capacity with a uh, background in cancer molecular biology. And then you go through these others and majority of them also have medical, uh, particularly pharmaceutical based backgrounds. And that really worries me because when I go and I buy my bacon or I buy my burgers or whatever. I can see if it's grass fed. I can get a general sense. Like I can look up the farm or the ranch where it came from and get a general sense for what's in that. You start going to the synth synthesized stuff. You have no idea at that point what they're 
putting in this? What are they injecting in it? You know, let's look at uh, the fluoride levels that we found in like Flint, Michigan. And, you know, I, I, I don't need scientists messing with my meat. So, you know, in a vacuum, like I mentioned, I'm going to score this and it probably a six and a half or a seven as this, as this segment starts to really grow, uh, that people are going to be, you know, using that for their own agendas or, or, or personal, uh, personal benefits. Okay. So that's sort of where my thoughts were going to Tyler. I, I love the idea of cleaning up the process of making bacon traditionally. You touched on it. Grass fed. I love, you know, you can call it, you can call it free range. I know that's normally used in reference to chickens and eggs. Um, but I, I'm all about humane means of of slaughter, humane me means of uh, growing and maintaining these animals. I don't like these big, huge farms where they're stuffed in cages and they're pooping on top of each other. And uh, I, that I don't like. I, I would rather eat healthier bacon that that doesn't have antibiotics, that doesn't have growth hormone. That's the direction I like to go in. Like if I'm going to perfect my bacon. I'm going to support operations, and 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 my wife and I do. We do this. We 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 buy really clean meat, so that's the direction I like to go in. So so the idea of all of the bacon that can that can be available being grown in a lab uh, through and, and is 100. percent I'm not I'm not sure you could ever have 100 percent synthetic or uh, you know cellular based material or you know 100 percent quote unquote fake bacon, because I think you do need some of those that biomaterial in order to do it. But we'll just say 99% man-made, then I, my fears align with yours a bit, Tyler. <clears throat> it's enough to put it's, it's enough for me to put it at a five on the panic scale. If I could no longer get bacon by traditional means and it were only available as lab grown as a lab grown product, um I would I would I probably would buy it far less because I wouldn't be able to trust the motivation necessarily behind behind the industry, especially over time. So that's where I would put it as a five. I, I just I love my bacon too much, guys. I just I I love it the way it is. <clears throat> you know, when I go to a restaurant, there's no guarantee that they're using the cleanest bacon. I know that. I get it. But the taste just trumps all the other things. I, I can't it, it, I can't fight it. I, I can't deny it. It just does. Um, any parting thoughts for our listeners, guys? I think that's the most divided we've been on the scoring of something. From a it is. Seven. It is. It's good. I like it. Um, guys, I appreciate your insight as always. Randall, I know you're down in the Florida Keys today. Have fun snorkeling, my friend. Um, yep. Tyler and I will have a far less interesting weekend than you. Um, but to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining. Join us next week where we give you another reason to panic. And that's what's great about this podcast is it's the only podcast out there for the worried mind. We give you a new uncomfortable topic each week so that you are never without a reason to panic. See you next week.